Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. the land of sky blue waters welcome to the soda pod isha dromi here solo today and i appreciate all of you who are joining wherever and whenever you are listening that's right it's uh it's lonely here in the house today no uh, hoppy was away this weekend for a wedding and i had two potential co-host slash guests lined up but just it didn't end up working out as it was a it was a busy weekend for all i mean so so many sports going on this weekend, whether you're a fan of hockey, whether you're a fan of golf, combat sports in MMA and boxing, like there was so much going on this weekend and it was a little cooler outside here in Minnesota anyways, than it, than it's been for the last few weeks. So whether that brought people outside more, cause I know there's some people who just don't like the heat <clears throat> hoppy or, um, kept people indoors watching sports regardless I appreciate every single one of you who were patient this morning because the time of this recording, it is Monday. It is Monday morning that we are recording this. Uh, I know kind of the the running joke, the gag is Hoppy and I always record on Sunday. And we always have to correct uh, ourselves and we say today. Oh, wait, we mean Monday at the time of this recording, you know, but today is Monday Hope you all had a great weekend and I hope you have a great week today. So quick show here. As I outline it quickly, I'm not going to be drinking a beer early. Shout out to Oconia Brewing and shout out to Fair State Brewing as well. We have a few to talk about on the next episode. Uh, I have a, again, big shout out to our friend Jeremy at Oconia Brewing for hooking us up. And uh, there's a beer from Fair State, a hazy IPA that I want to talk about as well, because this one might just be my new favorite hazy IPA. But again, we'll get into that next week with hoppy i feel like i would be doing the hoppy hour segment a disservice if i just did it alone because i know hoppy for i i'm gonna bet that he's tried this hazy ipa at fair state and uh i want to i want to talk to him about it we're not going to do the hoppy hour here today we are going to talk a little bit about what's been going on in the national hockey league a little less just playoff rundown here because folks listen i mean you're hockey fans everyone who listens to this podcast our hockey fans, you guys are all dialed into the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, there's not much that <laughs> there's not much for me to share. There's not many opinions of mine that haven't already that you haven't already seen on social media or, you know, on the panels or, or, or other podcasts. There's a couple of things that we'll dive into. But for the most part, I just want to go over an actual busy news week in the National Hockey League. So let's start right off the bat. Let's jump into some NHL news. And then there's a couple wild topic topics. And maybe some of you will say, oh, Ishii, you're reaching for these ones. I promise. I, I wasn't even reaching one of these topics in particular. Um, I'm very proud and excited to talk about. So we'll run down wild news, a couple wild topics at the end of the show. But let's start with the National Hockey League. Do you love sports? Do you think you know more about sports than all of your friends? 
Do you like getting things for free? If you're still with me, you need better edge in your life. Legal sports betting in Minnesota and a free, that's right, free $20 sign-up bonus, no deposit required. Go to your browser right now. Type in betteredge.com slash sodapod. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge, E-D-G-E dot com slash sodapod, S-O-T-A-P-O-D to claim your $20 today. And let's start quickly with the Ottawa Senators. The second largest bidder, who is also the highest bidder for ownership of the Ottawa Senators, apparently in a frustrated manner, no less, I shouldn't even say apparently, was reported in a frustrated exit has pulled out from the bid. And again, highest bidder. Highest bidder. Now, I was I, I just heard this prior to recording here. I was listening to, I was catching up on uh, Sakaris and Price, which is, you know, one of my favorite shows out West. They talk a lot of BC sports, a lot of Canucks, but also they're a general sports show. So listening, and with their special focus on hockey, it was interesting that this just caught my ear, so I want to quickly note it. Uh, the highest bidders, the the group that had the highest bidders pulled out, apparently it was mostly uh, one specific figure. And funny enough, their hockey advisor, I guess, it's a known Canadian billionaire, um, but their hockey advisor was Nick Kiprios. Now, I totally forgot to note the name um, and or group, right, of, of this uh, second, uh, the second bidder, I guess, for the Ottawa Senators as Ryan Reynolds' group uh, pulled out. But apparently this one was the highest bidder and in a frustrated manner, they pulled out of the race here. I just thought it was funny. I don't know if those in the States even know who Nick Kipros is. Uh, former hockey player, kind of a hothead on the ice and a <laughs> hothead behind the mic as well. I'm pretty sure he fought a fan out of lives maple leafs game one time too as a member of the media and or maybe it was he was just sitting there you know as a fan as well and had maybe a few brewskis i don't know don't take don't take my word for the few brewskis there but yeah i've personally never really been a huge huge fan of nick kiprios i think he's a little too brash um but anyways so that that's kind of the running joke in vancouver anyways on the west coast is everyone kind of rolls their eyes at this super biased Toronto fan and former Toronto player that is Nick Kipros. And it was just, it was comical to me anyways, and maybe any other Canadians listening to this podcast. Some of my friends out on the West coast, maybe they'll also chuckle that Nick Kipros was apparently the hockey advisor to uh, the highest bidding group slash individual for the Ottawa senators. So anyways, I thought that was uh well, unfortunate. Everyone keeps dogging on Arizona. And I mean, the, I guess the blemish on the NHL right now is the Arizona Coyotes. However, Ottawa, they still don't have a new ownership group, right? The Melnick family still owners of the team, but obviously they're not investing in building long-term, right? They're, they're looking to sell the team, move on from that era. And the Ottawa Senators, though they have a lot of prospects, though Pierre Dorian is still, still kicking it there as general manager. They're not in the best shape, you know, off the ice either. So 
the Arizona Coyotes, they must love as their big, you know, shield right now from any other uh, poor stories. But we caught it here. We caught it here. Shouts to Carison Price. And speaking of the Arizona Coyotes, Shane Doan. Shane Doan has joined the Toronto Maple Leafs as a special advisor to now new general manager, Brad Treleving. Oh my goodness. I mean, he is Mr. Arizona. He is the face of the Arizona Coyotes. Who else is there? Who else is there? Redeem Verbata? <laughs> Paul, I mean, Paul Bissonnette, but in diff, you know, for a very different, but I guess, you know, Paul Bissonnette, I guess is the face of the Arizona Coyotes, but right after him, it's Shane Doan. Now, I actually think Shane Doan is a very smart, you know, hockey guy, right? And he, like, he wasn't a superstar on the ice. He was a very good player. He was a very good player and arguably one of the best players that the Arizona Coyotes have ever had in the to play for their franchise. I mean, <laughs> no, no, you know what? I'll, I'll Hoppy's just rolling his eyes. He's going, uh, Phil Kessel. But no, no, let, let, let's be honest. Shane Doan, I mean, he he's the fan favorite and he's and he's he's their best player historically and this is just really huge news because i think a lot of coyotes fans would have wanted him to stay and help continue to build this team or rebuild this team as they quite literally build an arena for them maybe he comes back when they're established i don't blame him for this move even if it's fucking toronto which oh makes me want to pull my hair out but uh he wants to get reps and look he's an advisor to the general manager he's going to be in those rooms he's going to be in those maybe heavy conversations and there's going to be some heavy conversations as the toronto maple leaves have big changes on the horizon as they you know hopefully for those in toronto not me go on one last run here before that to you know make some big changes but anyways he's gonna he's gonna get reps in this role with this experience and working with the toronto maple leaves you know, assuming they're a good team next year, assuming they do a good job in a inevitable turnaround with some of their players, that will look really good on his resume. And then maybe he comes back to the Arizona Coyotes when they are actually a team. Pierre Dorian, we're a team. Um, but Brad Trilliving, I I really like Brad Trilliving to be perfectly honest, and I think he did a a really good job with the Calgary Flames. Now, like since since he's been with the Calgary Flames. I mean, there's, there's been a few moves that have been, uh, you know, haven't been the best. But I mean, for the most part, got to the second round of the playoffs, first round of the playoffs three years in a row, and then another second round playoff exit. I mean, coming out of the the dark years, and I was there. I moved to Calgary in uh, 2011. In that 2011-12 season, ladies and gentlemen, still under Brent Sutter, I mean, it was a very, very sad year. They only won 37 games. They missed the playoffs. The next year, only... uh, Well, they just actually... It was the... I was just going to say, only 19 games, but that was the shortened season. But still, not a great season under Bob Hartley that year. I mean, he was even teaching them how to fight in practice, which was hilarious. And then 2013-14 is when things really started to get, you know, come together as far as the prospect pool. Bob Hartley's last uh, or second to last year anyways. And uh, yeah, some coaching changes along the way. I get it. And then and it has been a carousel under Brad Chilving. And I will say that's probably his biggest knock is not able, not being able to find that coach for this team. But the teams he iced performed despite 
their coaches having a shelf life in Bob Hartley, in Glenn Gullitson, in Bill Peters. And Bill Peters obviously was a good coach of the Calgary Flames and was removed for different reasons. And then uh, Daryl Sutter, right? Who, look, he took over. There was a there was a tremendous year in 2021 and 2022. But other than like a couple moves here and there, and look, no general manager is perfect as far as making their trades and signings and things like that. I thought Brad Trillivan did a very good job with what he had for the Calgary Flames. And his biggest blemish, in my opinion, is not that he couldn't keep Kudrow or Kachuk. It's the carousel of coaches who, hey, if they had a coach that built a, I hate to use this term because it's not college hockey, but built a quote-unquote program, built a culture where these players, you know, still maybe wanted to run through a wall for their coach and and just added a level of maybe maybe that's that little bit extra I needed to to want to stay in Calgary and and you know Alec Goudreau, for example, and 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 ride with this. I mean that that could have made a little bit of a difference. Was it the be all end all? No, but that could have made a little bit of a difference. But anyways, Shane Doan, Toronto Maple Leafs. God damn it. I used to love Brad Trillivan. I used to love Shane Doan. Why are you making me hate you, boys? Why are you making me hate you? Do you like supporting local? Local business? Local hockey? Local legends? Do you like vodka? Martinis? Screwdrivers? Bloody Marys? White Russians? Whatever you can find. I'm more of a vodka fresca guy myself. If you nodded yes to any of those, look no further than Northland Vodka, giving 5% back to local hockey and, of course, the recipe that was masterfully crafted by local legend himself, Mark Parrish. Everyone get out there right now. Support Northland Vodka. Run. Don't walk. Interesting news as we stay out east. Larry Brooks of the NHL Post, and say what you want about Larry Brooks as a writer. He wrote a pretty interesting article about how the NHL, and and it's a little tongue-in-cheek in in the title, but hey, good clickbait and great article uh, to follow that up. Uh, The name of the article was the NHL wants players to cover their escrow debt from the COVID-19 pandemic. And he even opens it up saying, players are always reaching into their pockets under the hard cap system. And the analogy is that the more that the cap remains stagnant, the less money players are ultimately going to make on their bigger con and on their bigger and new contracts. Right. So, so that's how the argument was essentially framed. And that's, that was the point of this article. Um, What's crazy right now is the escrow debt is supposedly somewhere between $70 million and uh, Larry Brooks was also quote saying the flat cap is not only bad for the players, it's terrible for more than half of the teams in the league. General managers are being strangled. Roster constructions uh, have met, and I quote, constipation. Which again, it's 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 a funny article, which is why I liked it because it, it is a it is a really good point, but wrapped in uh, wrapped in humor here. Um, if if we look at Every single owner. Now, no owner is expected to do this because Gary Bedman is supposed to work for the owners. But $70 million, that comes to what? Two, just over $2 million per team? I mean, Larry Brooks, as he got a little bit more serious in this article, was saying, why can't the NHL just add $35 million to the next expansion fee? And you guys might be like, Falling on your chairs, thirty-five million—that is insane. Look, the, the the league is likely 
going to expand to 34 teams and then probably stay at that for, you know, for a while, but within the next, what, four to six years, Larry Brooks says three to four. I don't think it'll be that quick. Five, four to six years, perhaps. And look, the value of the teams rightfully should go up. Look at the what the Vegas Golden Knights are doing and have done since entering the league. Look at what Seattle has done in just two years. Now, I know there's a little bit of luck involved, don't get me wrong, but you can use that. You can use that. And these are billionaire ownership groups and owners coming in to buy these teams. Look, I know $35 million is a lot of money, but if they really you know, are going all in on, on this team and know that, yeah, like the first few years are going to be tough anyways. But look at the rewards that some of these recent expansion teams are reaping. I don't think it's out of this world to be able to, uh, to command that. What do they do in the short term though? That is the question. That is the question. So Seattle went for 750 million in 2021. Yeah. 850 million range for an expansion team. Apparently the Ottawa senators are asking for a billion I don't think they're going to get that. So not an expansion team, 885 million. I mean, sh shit, man, you'd rather go with the expansion team. If the Ottawa senators are being sold for 1 million for, for a team, that's just not relevant, especially in a Canadian market, like the senators, it seems crazy to me that they're asking a billion dollars for that team. But I digress. We already talked about the senators. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that the league should just continue to bite the bullet and hope to cover that debt or repay that debt in expansion in adding 35 adding 35 million dollars to their expansion price or do you think that some sort of deal should be struck with the league and the owners should be forced to cover that cost again i'm leaning towards expansion i don't think the owners should be or will cover that cost and some people are probably thinking to or some of you are probably thinking to yourself right now well for the sake of the cap going up and and the 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 teams being able to be better as a result, you know, that that could be an argument. Wouldn't the owners want to just whatever, like it's, it's, it's pennies to them. It's loonies. It's, it's American dollar bills. Well, no, I mean, the owners pay the players, right? The, the owners want to make money without spending it, you know, with, with, with spending the least amount of money, I would imagine. I mean, it's a business, it's a business, obviously they invest, but uh, anyways, I, I'm more in the camp of, yeah, raise the price of the next two expansion teams. Clearly, clearly it's working. Clearly, these expansion teams are reaping the the benefits earlier than those in 2000. Let's let's be honest. In Columbus and, and the Minnesota Wild, and and a lot of teams before them as well. Speaking of Vegas, though, let's stay on the expansion team narrative here and talk a little bit about Jack Eichel. Oh my goodness, this is a this is a lighthearted story, folks. Just something uh, that I wanted to bring up quickly, but uh, <laughs> but but honestly, I like Jack Eichel even more now. Shane, you're listening, my buddy Shane. He's listening. He's a big NBA fan, but I like Jack Eichel even more now because this guy doesn't care about basketball. He is hockey. He is he is hockey. He's a hockey guy all day, every day, ladies and gentlemen. And apparently, he's too young to have ever watched Space Jam because he had no idea who Charles Barkley was. When they uh, when they met recently, now look, Char Charles Barkley's a legend, and I actually like Charles Barkley. I like, I wasn't uh, <laughs> I wasn't that old during that era, but my dad would um, tape on VHS some of the best basketball games um, when when I was a kid, so he could rewatch them. And, and it was in that era. It was in the 
you know, the, the, the Charles Barkley and, and Jordan era. So I actually growing up did watch a lot of Charles Barkley. And again, if you're a Space Jam fan, how could you not know who he is? But anyways, Charles Barkley obviously is an NBA well-known legend and he's well-known for his love of hockey. Saying that the Stanley Cup playoffs are way more exciting than the NBA playoffs, which is awesome. Love Charles Barkley. But that doesn't mean much. That doesn't mean much to the Vegas Golden Knights star, Jack Eichel. Oh, man. Charles Barkley was quoted saying, he looked at me when I approached him and said, who the hell are you? Barkley said of his experience after introducing himself to Eichel during an interview with Sportsnet. It was funny, though, and uh, he was laughing it off. He said it was comical, like, you know, kids these days, you know, and if they're not basketball fans, if you're not watching the TNT panel and you're just focused on hockey, then do you really know who this guy is? Do you really know who he is? Like, you may just know him as, oh, maybe this is the guy I saw on TV. Um, but anyways, I thought that was funny. And hey, another little viral video of Charles Barkley during uh, the NHL playoffs and uh, whether it was tongue in cheek from Eichel, maybe Eichel like knew that this would blow up a little bit. I don't know, but anyways, and any, any jab uh, thrown at the NBA, I'm going to, I'm going to highlight here and Jack Eichel. What a, what a beauty doesn't care about basketball focused on hockey. I love it. We'll get right back to the show in a sec, folks, but I want to take this quick break here to tell you about our friends at Waggle Golf, especially with summer just around the corner. You have to get yourself in to some amazing new Waggle products, unbelievable hats, unbelievable shirts, unbelievable shorts. Now that we're approaching summer, whether you're on the course, whether you need some attire for the office work parties. Hell, backyard barbecues. Yes, you will be the best dressed person there. Go to their website, getyourwaggleon.com. And don't forget to use promo code SP10 on your way out for 10% off your order. Be sure to fill your cart up before you check out, though, because this promo code is one-time use. Again, the best damn golf tees out there again i don't even hit the links yet there's nothing i would want to wear more in the office than an amazing waggle golf tee get your waggle on.com promo code sp10 for 10 percent off your order and don't forget to fill that card up before you check out because this promo code is a one-time use again 10 percent off your order sp10 get your waggle on.com now let's get back to the show so the NHL has been active on the trade front these days. Now, I should say the Columbus Blue Jackets have been active on the trade front these days. And going from two weeks straight, Hoppy Night podcasting, you know, somehow getting over an hour episode out of our conversations. I think we're just both verbose. But we, we, were, we were scraping the barrel for news. There's no shortage of news this week, guys, as the Columbus Blue Jackets are busy. Let's start with the first trade. We talked about their uh, their new coach last week, but let's talk about their latest trade. Now, a lot of people are up in arms over this because of you know bringing in Mike Babcock, who's not the best track record as far as uh, being a good human, I guess. Um, and also Provorov. Look, we took some digs at him on the on the podcast, but you know everything surrounding him and his political views or his religious views, I guess. Um, earlier this season. <laughs> There are, there's a handful of the Columbus 
fan base who are a little up in arms over this kind of back-to-back jab. Now, removing the politics, the religion, all, all, all that stuff aside, and just looking at the player, the Philadelphia Flyers trade, Ivan Provorov, Hayden Hodgson, to the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for Cal Peterson, Sean Walker, uh, Helgi Granz, and the Kings' 2024 second-round pick. This was a three-rate trade, folks, as the Columbus Blue Jackets acquire Kevin Connaughton from the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for a 2023 first-round pick that is 22nd overall uh, con- and a conditional second-round pick in either the 2024 or 2025 draft. Columbus acquires Provorov from the LA Kings exchange for Connaughton. So LA gets, as we break this down, Hayden Hodgson, Kevin Connaughton, Philadelphia Flyers get Cal Peterson, Sean Walker, the Blue Jackets first round pick, 22nd overall, the Blue Jackets 2024 second round pick, conditional, it might be 2025, and the Kings 2024 second round picks. The Columbus Blue Jackets get Ivan Provorov. Man, that's a good haul for the Philadelphia Flyers. That's a good haul for the Philadelphia Flyers who are starting to rebuild, starting to tear it down. I mean, she, there were talks of even Carter Hart potentially being involved in this trade, but maybe even in other trades as well. Now, it's more of a complicated move to move Carter Hart. I get that. But wow, I think LA, I mean, they got a little sum sum out of this and, you know, they give away a second round pick next year. I mean, you know, second round picks, they do have value, but hey, they got a couple of players out of this Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, draft picks and young players and Columbus Blue Jackets apparently going for it this year. They're going to pick high, not pick deep because they gave up the 2020 or the, the 22nd overall pick, but they're, they're going to draft high and apparently build up their defense <laughs> new coach as they go all in now all in Stanley cup run. I don't think based on what they've done at up to this point, I don't think that's in the realm of possibility yet, but they've certainly got better. They're certainly mortgaging their future after this year to get better. And that's only solidified by their next move in the Columbus blue jackets, acquiring defenseman, David Severson from the new Jersey devils in exchange for a third round pick. That is 80th overall in the 2023. That is this year's NHL entry draft. Uh, Yarmo Kekalainen, the general manager of the Columbus blue jackets also announced upon acquiring Damon Severson as he was a free agent uh, in New Jersey, and they were likely not going to sign him. Clearly, they they weren't, but they got a third-round pick for him, so how are you? The deal was consummated after Severson signed an eight-year, $50 million contract. Wow. 2020, or 2030, 2031 is when that contract expires. So the New Jersey Devils get the 80th overall pick this year, third-rounder. Columbus Blue Jackets get Damon Severson. Now... I don't like the term on that deal. Like, oh my goodness. But the cap hit isn't bad. Damon Severson is a very good defenseman. Is he a top two defenseman? I don't think so. Is he a you know $6 million plus defenseman? Well, honestly, he earns this contract more than fucking Tyler Myers uh, did with the Vancouver Canucks. And Tyler Myers was a six by six contract, baby. Eight years, I think is a little too much, especially since he's 28 years old. I feel like six or seven, you know, was was... I mean, obviously one year less, but six probably is what they were they were aiming for. But getting him whatever, just over six million dollars, he puts up thirty to forty points. Shit, uh, even put up forty six points 
in the 2021-22 season. And he's sound defensively. Good Sasky boy, sound defensively. I would say he's he's like a he's one of your best top four guys. Like he's your best second, uh, you know, second pairing defenseman. I would say on a good, you know, on 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 this team, on on this team for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And again, getting Severson and Provorov is a massive upgrade, a massive upgrade to this Columbus Blue Jackets blue line. Again, I, I actually really like the player. I think the contract as far as the cap hit and what they're paying him yearly is good. I don't like the, uh, I don't like the term. He also has a no trade clause up until 2027 and a modified no trade clause up until the end of the contract. Yeah. 6.25 million. As we take a look at the Columbus blue jackets defense here, what an upgrade. (laughs) What an upgrade. You still got Rensky. I mean, this is huge. This is huge for their defense. Gone are the days of Erica Branson getting uh, insanely big minutes now, boys. Shout out to the Beerly boys. And we got to bring them on. We'll, we'll likely bring on the Beerly boys. And if you guys are listening, fucking love you guys. Everyone go check out Beerly Hockey. They talk all things NHL, but they're Columbus boys, and we love them. We got to get the gang back on soon. Actually, we never had the gang. We didn't, we've only had we've only had uh, we've only had one of you on. We got to get the entire gang on, boys. We got to get the entire gang on soon, and we'll we'll all talk about this because I'd love to hear your guys's uh, thoughts. We've been on their podcast, Hoppy and myself, and it's they're so much fun. They <laughs> very much our vibe: beer drinking, hockey loving. Well, I was gonna say Canadians, but Americans. Let's fucking go. But uh, again, I, I would imagine, I haven't listened to your last podcast, but I should do that today. And I should have done that prepping for this one. But anyways, uh, I'd imagine that it's not necessarily unified on your podcast. I'd imagine you guys have some differing thoughts. And I'm excited to run that down with you. But overall, I think, you know what? I personally wouldn't mortgage the future to go all in in these next couple seasons. But uh, maybe Kalkalainen's feeling the pressure of, you know, I... I, I I stuck with this team because we had success. A little bit of success, a flash in the pan. I haven't been able to to match that or, or foster confidence within the fan base that we're building towards that. Let me make a big move and see if it pays off. So on paper, the moves are fine. I mean, uh, this is such a deep draft. Giving away your 2020 20, or giving your 22nd overall pick. It's I don't like that necessarily, but uh, I commend him making a big move and he brought in two really good and big defensemen. All right, before we get into just a couple Minnesota tidbits here and we hang up the skates, let's talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, again, I'm not going to be able to offer probably anything more than what you've been digesting as hockey fans, media, other podcasts, broadcasts, etc. Hell, even some of your your thoughts, we might agree on some of them. But one thing I just I thought was hilarious was that the NHL, that is right, the National Hockey League made CNN, made CNN, and there and there was no Canucks riot, and the National Hockey League made CNN. Now the title was uh, "Brawl Ensues After Game Four Victory by the Golden Knights" or something along those lines, and it wasn't a big article. It was a like a seven to eight sentence article just highlighting that there was a brawl after the the Vegas Golden Knights win. But the picture they used, 
was excellent. And some of the photos that were taken from the end of that game for loss in Florida by the Florida Panthers was tremendous. Great game overall, I will say. Uh, Vegas, I mean, the veterans on the team showed up and that helped the Vegas Golden Knights like they've been doing all series, getting ahead quickly in the games. But the comeback cats, as they're being referred to on social media, made it interesting late as they've been doing in most most of their games not even in, in just this series, but in the entire playoff run that they've had. A final attempt at the buzzer stopped by the Golden Knights and Vancouver Island superstar goalie Aiden Hill. Shout out Comox. He showed some late game heroics and the Panthers fell short. After the buzzer, tempers boiling over would be an understatement, ladies and gentlemen. Tempers boiling over would be an understatement as... Right after the buzzer, both teams just went at it. Punches and the fans in the stands started throwing the rats, which I've been waiting for this entire playoff run. I remember when the, the Florida Panthers made the playoffs, uh, what was it, in 20, I want to say 2012, 2013. You know, they got absolutely destroyed by the New Jersey Devils. I mean, the rats on the ice. That is the gimmick. That is their thing. They don't do it usually throughout games. I know historically they have, but oh, I didn't like how they were throwing other shit on the ice. There were hats, there were bottles, you know, beer, beer cans and, and cups and shirts and shoes and all that shit as the brawl ensued. It warms my heart when there's hockey brawls, folks. It reminds me of old school hockey. I love that shit. I, I, we need to see more of them. Okay. We need to see more of them and we need to see more rats on the ice because that was awesome. Flood the ice with rats. Now I know they go back to Vegas Hopefully the Florida Panthers can hang on one more game because we need to see one more sheet of ice covered in those rubber rats. It ain't uh, octopus. It ain't catfish. I mean, live rats would be disgusting or like, you know, dead rats would be just kind of gross. Not, not to say like holly a catfish in your pants into a rink or an octopus isn't gross, but I don't know. There's just something just, ugh. I don't like rodents. Okay. <laughs> the rubber rats are fucking hilarious. And I thought, that was so funny. And like I said, I've been waiting all playoffs for the crowd to flood the ice with the rats. Mind you, in a win, it would have been nicer. But uh, yeah, I didn't like how there were hats and a bunch of trash. But uh, hey, Stanley Cup brawl, inject it right into my veins. Okay, last thing I want to talk about here, folks. Last thing I want to talk about here, Minnesota Wild News. All right, last segment here. Two quick news pieces. One, and this is, really doesn't affect the Wild at all, but former, and I, and I truly think this is up until now. I mean, still now, as you know, Gustafson is a damn good goalie, but Nicholas Backstrom was the best goalie the Minnesota Wild have ever iced, in my opinion. When he was at his peak with the Wild, he was, you know, talked about as one of the better goalies in, in the National Hockey League. I mean, shit, rated 89, 90 in the game as well, first stretch of years. And I feel like he was always in that, you know, it, it, top five conversation in his peak at times because the Minnesota wild never went on a big run or, you know, they missed the playoffs or were exited from the first round. Like, I feel like he never get, he never got the love that he deserved, but he was always tremendous. I was always a fan of him growing up, even though I didn't necessarily follow the wild as closely as I do. Now he's rumored to be the next Columbus blue jackets goalie coach. So not only did the Columbus Blue Jackets acquire two defensemen, they also acquired a new goalie coach in Nicholas Backstrom. 
But uh, anyways, now that we talk a little bit more about the Wild here, Minnesota Wild forward Connor Dewar, who is becoming a fan favorite, at least on social media, is Dewey. And, and, and this story, it's it's near and dear to my heart as I grew up in Western Canada. And I feel like uh, unlike the States, though though there, it certainly is is relevant and, and it certainly is evident and it's there in the States. Um, I mean, the, the history with Canada and their indigenous population, it's... It's fucked up. It's fucked up to put it lightly. And uh, things are getting better as far as Canadians and, and young Canadians now being taught about at, like what actually happened, you know, not glorifying, you know, acquiring, you know, Canadian land and, and making it what it is today. And look, I mean, in every society, in every, in every wave of history where, you know, a country became modern, there was war, there was pillaging, there was death, there was murder, you know, that it, it, it's a fact. And, you know, to let that consume you, I don't think, and to feel like guilt throughout your whole life, I don't, I don't think that that's healthy for anybody, but to be aware of why the state of some indigenous communities in Canada are the way they are and, and the state of the relationship between, you know, let's say just general Canadians like myself and indigenous Canadians it is important to learn about how we got there, how the government really fucked them up, and how the government in Canada really did implement uh, a genocide. Not only when they acquired the land, but forcing indigenous kids to go to these schools where they would abuse them physically, sexually, mentally. And it's, it's so sad that on the site of a lot of these, which are churches as fucked up as that is, on the site of where these residential schools took part, or, or operated in Canada, they're digging up grave sites, and it's disgusting, guys. How how many how many bones, how much, how many remains of these young children are being found? But it's tough, man. And and reckon and recognizing and understanding, you know, this generational trauma that is passed on. I mean, it, it's it's important now that in the schools, in as part of a curriculum for elementary school and in more detail and in you know you know just that in more detail you learn about what happened to the indigenous communities why we are where we are here today again in elementary school a very watered down version because it's pretty graphic and fucked up but it gives you the framework anyways as for the young developing minds to understand what what uh, actually happened they teach that in high school now i even didn't get the full story i grew up with a lot of indigenous friends uh those who like lived on reserves and everything and uh, and i didn't understand i didn't know i was never taught and they never you know wanted any sympathy the, the people that i hung out with anyways um just just a little empathy i think at at the core and it wasn't until i took some classes in university where i was like holy fuck like yeah this is the real story this is the real story so in canada anyways and i'm sorry for going on a tangent here like i said it's it's near and dear to my heart um, in Canada, anyways, it's 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 we learn less about American and um, and and English history, and and more about Canadian history now, which is which is awesome, and I and I and I support that. But anyways, I, I give that long and and dragged out, <laughs> heartfelt tangent there, uh, because Minnesota Wild forward Connor Dewar was honored at the Manitoba Legislative Building for his efforts in supporting the Indigenous communities on and off the ice. Dewar's 23 years old. So he's one of these he's one of these guys who was in high school 
back when this uh, change in the curriculum in Canadian schools was implemented, because I believe it was around 20, I want to say 2016 is when they actually like passed a, a law in Canada where this has to be in public and a private school curriculums. He's from Manitoba and he's a proud member, member of the Red River Métis family. And I won't go on too much more about it other than to say that I'm proud of the young man because in Canada, let's just say the racism, especially within the naive youth, the slurs, the, the, the punching bags, are usually the indigenous communities. I know it's different in the United States. Um, so for a young man to be honored by his community here in a very rich indigenous province such as Manitoba, that, that's fucking huge, man. Because a lot of the, the young impoverished indigenous uh, youth in, in Manitoba, a lot of them end up succumbing to gang life. This is just very amazing to see. Uh, Dewar is from the past and lived in Dauphin for many years as a proud member of the Red River Métis family. Folks, I highly recommend watching Dewar's Becoming Wild segment. It's it's only two minutes and 21 segments. Anyways, the segment of him talking about growing up Métis. It is on the Wild website and YouTube channel and him talking about his connection to the land. And it's it's just really powerful stuff. And again, I just... I'm just so proud of this young man as someone who covers the wild, as someone who loves this team and as someone who's rooting for this guy to do well, I think it's just super important as a Canadian who, you know, is close to the indigenous people in Canada and who tries my best to be an ally for them. And I know that's like a buzzword these days with everything going on and in different political sectors, but uh, you know, I can't, uh, I can't fight every battle, nor do I want to, but this one I'll always, uh, this one will always be near and dear to, to me. So again, shout out to uh, Connor Dewar. And uh, that's it. Let's, let's, let's end this show on a fucking positive note there, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for tuning in via Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Folks, the best thing you could do for us this week, any week, is leave us a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts or... Hit us up on YouTube, The Soda Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're, post, we're back posting clips pretty much daily. Last week, we took a little bit of a lull there, mostly just because there wasn't a lot to post because there wasn't a lot of news as Hockey and I were ragging the puck throughout episodes. But we are back. Uh, when you're listening to this on Monday, we will have some YouTube clips drop today, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So if you haven't already supported our YouTube channel, uh, we're almost at 600 subs, and we're trying to get to 1,000. Our YouTube channel's been around for a little while, but we've really been focusing on posting, you know, since, I don't know, the January, February. And we really appreciate those of you who join the YouTube channel. We don't just post, post clips of the podcast. We're going to post more vlogs. We're going to post more shorts. We're going to post more streams, as Judge Bud streams every Thursday now on the YouTube channel, so you can catch it live and interact there. Again, check out our YouTube channel or leave us a kind review on iTunes and Apple Podcast. With that, folks, solo episode. Whew. I was a little nervous. I was. A little, I used to do the Soda Pod solo for like a, for shit, almost like sixty episodes. Actually, Dylan joined me for the first five, so maybe like forty some episodes or fifty five episodes. I did it solo, so had to shake off the rust there. My heart rate finally went down. Appreciate all of you who uh, stuck by till the end. Signing off. I'm Isha Jerome solo today like i said this has been the soda pod presented by better edge seventh avenue pizza northland vodka and waggle golf we're good ladies and gentlemen i hope you're good have a tremendous week don't fear just drink some beer and stay wild